Welcome to The Good Goddess Show, a weekly podcast for women who are fed up, are feeling bloated and tired. I'm your host, Kezia Hall, holistic nutritionist and all-around health geek. Let's dive in to the show. So we're talking about burnout today. What to do when you just feel exhausted, done, depleted, and just frazzled for want of a better phrase. So we're going to look at what might be happening in your body in terms of what's going on in your brain and the hypothalamus and your pituitary adrenal axis, sometimes known as adrenal um, fatigue. But we're going to look at more of what could be actually happening and then obviously look at a little more about what you could do. So this episode is going to be really helpful, even if you're just feeling slightly burnt out or a bit fatigued, or even if you're at the other extreme, the other end where you are just totally done. So I hope you find it helpful. This is actually a a repurpose. This is um, a best of collection. I originally shared this when I was on maternity leave with my twins. So even if you listened to it back then, that was nearly two years ago. So I know this is going to help you. And I'm putting this out here because I, as you are listening to this, I'm taking a week off myself to make sure that I don't burn out and that I fill my own cup and I spend time walking and swimming in locks and drinking cacao and moving my body and spending time with the kids and journaling and all these kinds of things. So it's really, really important. The best, I mean, if you could summarize this podcast, the best thing to deal with burnout is to prevent it. That is preventive, preventative medicine really is the best. And so over the years, I've noticed that I have had a cycle of always just about hitting burnout and then like pulling back. And so over the years, I've really learned to address that of just not constantly being in a cycle of um, burning out and recovering, but actually really nourishing myself on a day-to-day basis. And I know this podcast, even if it's recorded a couple of years ago, will be really helpful. But just so you know, for context, I'll probably be talking about being on maternity leave. And this was recorded, I think, in 2020. So right after still in the throes, to be honest, of the pandemic and all those kind of things. But I also see this being really true with clients now. It's almost like for some people only now they're just recovering from the last couple of years because they've just been holding it together. And obviously there's so many reasons for burnout, whether it's pregnancy, bereavement, chronic illness, infection. I've actually had quite a lot of clients that have come to me with like longer COVID, like post-viral fatigue, all these kinds of things. So hope that is helpful. Otherwise, sending you lots of love as we enter into spring. Um, And if you want to know more and get some free help from me, I don't often mention it on the podcast, but I do have a free quiz, the gut goddess quiz. So if you're not sure what is going on, like, is it my hormones? Is it my gut health? Is it my relationship with food? Like what, what actually is the problem? If you're wanting to know your root cause, then you can do the quiz. It's free, keziahall.com forward slash quiz. And what I will do is help kind of profile you. It's a bit like a, you know, a quiz that you do that helps me, you answer a couple of questions about your symptoms. And then within the quiz, I'll be like, okay, I think hormones are the main issues. No, I think gut health is the main issues. No, I think. And so if you're feeling a bit lost and then I'll give you some advice and support via email based on what I think the main things are going on. So if you haven't done the quiz or if it was like three years ago, since you've done it, go to keziahall.com forward slash quiz. It will be really helpful. You'll get a little bit of bespoke advice and really start to get, um, kind of get placed in the right direction, if that makes sense. So otherwise enjoy the show, have a fantastic Easter and I will speak to you soon.
So what is burnout? That is our topic for today. I thought it was appropriate. I'm recording this before I go off on maternity leave and I see burnout just happening a lot (laughs) with people. A lot of clients that come to me are kind of at that point of burnout sometimes and they've just kind of hit a bit of rock bottom with their symptoms and they're like, oh my goodness, I need some help getting out of this hole. Also, just in terms of current times and climate in 2020, although you'll be listening to this in 2021, I still think the world will be very similar to what it has been in 2020. And that has meant a lot of people getting burnt out. You know, the stats are showing people's mental health is suffering. Um, A lot more people are being prescribed um, your antidepressant drugs, anti-anxiety medications, suicide rates have gone up. Um, Basically, 2020 has impacted people's mental health a lot. And a, a small part of mental health, not the full picture, is this idea of burnout. And I'm going to explain a little bit about, first of all, what that is, what I'm, what I mean when I'm talking about burnout. We're going to look at why it happens, um, what the solution is, and then how, what are some of the practical how-tos, like how do you actually address that? So if you're feeling that sense of burnout and exhaustion and depletion and like you're just done, how can you actually um, build that resiliency back and feel really good again? So first of all, what is it? I, from my perspective, what I think about with the term burnout is this HPA axis um, response and system in the body and often a HPA axis kind of dysfunction going on. What I mean by that is the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. So it involves your hypothalamus in your brain along with the pituitary gland in your brain, your adrenals, which sit on top of your kidneys and that whole system. And that system affects your thyroid gland. It affects your insulin sensitivity. It affects your energy. It inadvertently affects your fat and protein metabolism. It affects your mental health. It affects your energy production. It affects your temperature. It affects your sugar cravings. It affects your weight. It affects so many things, (laughs) hormones. Um, So that's kind of what I'm thinking out from like a biochemical perspective. Because remember, it's we've kind of grown up or I've grown up anyway with this with these kind of compartmentalized ideas of I have feelings in this box and a feeling might be tiredness anxiety depression anger frustration whatever joy I might have these feelings and my feelings are in a box and then my body my cells my biochemistry my anatomy is in this other box and those two boxes don't really meet and that is not how the body works. You are one very complicated system, one body, one person. You are whole within itself and your feelings and your cells and your biochemistry and your emotions are all interlinked. They're all connected in this dance that we are constantly trying to understand as humans. Your how you feel is always intrinsically linked partly to what is going on in your cells. And yes, also to circumstances. External, we have external factors and we have internal factors. And both of those count, both those matters. So 2020 for you might have meant you lost your job. That's an external factor that's obviously going to affect how you feel, but it's also going to affect the your cellular function as well. And that's what I 
do as a holistic nutritionist is get people to get rid of these kind of compartments that we've created and have been encouraged by the um, the conventional medical system, which makes sense just because if you think about a hospital, you have to administrate it, you have to have systems, otherwise it'd be total chaos. So the easiest thing to do is create a skin department, a gastroenterology department, a psychiatry department, a baby department, you know, that from a systems perspective, makes a lot of sense, but it has trained us and it's not helped us necessarily to view ourselves as one whole being where everything is interconnected. So what is burnout? I explained about the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis and that kind of is part of our stress response. So kind of on a cellular level, that's what's going on. But in terms of actually how people feel, what are some of the symptoms? What does it look like? Often this looks like people being really exhausted and there's kind of two options and two things I see most commonly with clients is that they're literally just exhausted, flatline. When I ask them when they have most energy in the day, they don't have a point. They just don't have any peaks of energy anymore. They've kind of flatlined at the bottom. The energy levels are just low. Other people, the energy levels generally feel low, but then they get these weird spikes where they're a bit wired and kind of kind of tired, but a bit like kind of on edge. That might come with the heart racing, anxiety. It might come with them like cleaning the bathroom at 10 p.m. at night because they're just like, oh, quick, do, do all this stuff. It might mean them being totally exhausted in the morning, but they're wide awake between 10 p.m. and one in the morning and they get loads of stuff done then, but then they wake up exhausted. So it's that there's two different options. People are either just low energy, just exhausted, or they are kind of swinging between exhausted and super productive and a little bit like wired is probably the best way of of doing it. There's lots of physical symptoms. You can gain weight, lose weight. Um, Anxiety is a common one or depression where your mood gets really low or anxiety where your your mood is almost um, it's almost a little bit wired in itself and that you're just constantly thinking, overthinking, worried. That's always the noise I think of when I think of anxiety. Whereas depression is more of a eeyore, low mood, no motivation, no real hope, no whatever. And you can kind of swing between the two of those, obviously, but that's another way, another uh, common way that it looks like it really impacts your mood how you feel can impact people's hearts. I've had loads of clients that come to me with heart palpitations and all sorts of things going on. Impacts your sleep. So you might struggle to get to sleep or you might get to sleep fine because you're exhausted, but you're waking up between like 2 and 5 a.m. and not able to get to sleep, which is deeply frustrating because you know you're exhausted, but you're just lying in bed at 3 a.m. like, I'm tired. I need to sleep, but your body is awake. That's a really common um, side effect or a, a possibility your digestion often goes off um, goes weird so you often get more bloated or you notice more digestive issues in issues with your bowels if you exercise regularly you notice that you don't recover from your exercise as well your muscles feel heavier or tighter you're not able to run as far or do what you used to do there's just more lethargy and your motivation isn't there you're probably craving more energizing quick fix things like sugar and caffeine and alcohol those kind of stuff, your general stress resiliency. So like your tolerance to deal with stress and crap is is probably lower. I've had clients describe it to me where they're just like, I just can't even handle like the smallest thing, like, um, you know, getting a shop delivered 
an online shop delivered and they substitute some key ingredients out for dinner. I had one client and that just completely stressed her out. But she was so annoyed at herself because she knew like two years ago, like that, that wouldn't have bothered her. Like she would have been, her resiliency to that change and to that situation would have been fine. But because of, let's just call it burnout and this response, her stress resiliencies and tolerance is really, really low. So that little bit of stress of, oh, we've substituted out your beef for pork and we've not given you rice was enough to send her into a bit of a stress spiral. So your capacity for stress, your capacity for change is less. People often find this impacts their work, their parenting, sex drive often goes down. People often gain weight or they might rapidly lose weight, either option depending on kind of your metabolism and inclination. Um, those are just a couple of different things. Your temperature, often people might start to get a little bit colder, um, but sometimes they can get hotter as well, depending on what's going on with your thyroid. There's basically lots of different things going on, but it's mainly summarized by low energy, changes in mood, um, just how you, just feeling, not feeling right, feeling depleted. And there can be different stages of this. People can get totally rock bottom. And that might be more when you're kind of wondering if you have chronic fatigue syndrome and, and, or, or are waiting for that diagnosis. And you're really struggling to get out of bed. I work with a lot of people with ME and chronic fatigue, also with fibromyalgia, which has some, it's not the same thing, but has some overlap from a holistic perspective. Um, or you might just be not, you know, you might just be struggling to recover from going to the gym. Hopefully when you're listening to this, people will be able to go to the gym <laughs> currently. No gyms are open while I'm recording this. Um, so that's a little bit of what it looks like. You're tired, your mood is lower, your resiliency is lower. Often you get people get more colds, flu, viruses, cold sores, um, um, ulcers, all great signs. Any symptom, like say if you sometimes get eczema, your eczema would flare up. You know, all your Achilles heel type symptoms would tend to flare up because basically your resiliency is down, your energy is down, your immune system is down, burnout. Okay. And often this can be called adrenal fatigue on the internet. So if you um, Google that, a lot of what I'm talking about is kind of of that vein. I just don't find adrenal fatigue all that helpful a term to look at um, because actually what's going on isn't just in the adrenals, it's actually also going on in your brain, in your hypothalamus and in your pituitary um, gland, as well as in your adrenals. And to be honest, as well within your thyroid, um, your adrenals and thyroid work really closely together. So um, that's why I'm not necessarily using the word adrenal fatigue, just because I don't think it's that accurate or helpful. But that's the world that we're swimming in, if you're familiar with that. So we've talked a little bit about what it is, and let's talk about why it happens. This is actually a pretty simple thing, <laughs> is to summarize why it can happen is that your brain feels threatened and unsafe for too long really simple. So your brain gets messages consistently that make it think and respond and make you make it make it feel or think that you're not safe as a human. Now, this can look like lots of different things. This can look like if you consistently get poor sleep, that is a message that your body is not safe. So you really got to think about your brain working on like a primal, almost unconscious level. And it's your brain is always receiving messages all the time, all the time, all the time we're receiving messages that we're not really conscious of. 
And often what I see with burnout, and I know this within myself and within my clients, is that it'll happen when there's just been consistent messages over a period of time that just confirm again and again and again and again to the body that things aren't safe. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to have someone threatening you every day. It's not that obvious. Remember, this is really, you want to really think about this from a holistic perspective. So this could be nutrient depletions. You consistently have nutrient depletions that can make the body feel a little bit unsafe. It might be that you're not sleeping enough or the quality of sleep is poor. That can make the body feel unsafe. A poor diet, high in sugar, caffeine, lacking in nutrients can make the body feel unsafe. Poor insulin management can make the body feel unsafe. Um, uh, living in a home with mold or high VOCs or toxins can make the body feel unsafe. Over-exercising where you just push yourself far too much can make it feel unsafe. The news <laughs> these days what scrolling social media getting triggered off and comparing from your life to other people watching news about all the counts and all the drama going on that can make you feel unsafe a poor relationship can make your brain feel unsafe um tons and tons of different things so again that's a real higher level summary but essentially when it comes to burnout that's what we're looking at and in order to to overcome it you've got to look at okay what are the messages that my body is getting that makes it feel unsafe. And that can be from the food you're eating to the things you're watching on TV, to how much blue light you're exposing yourself to, how much exercise you're doing, how many toxins you've been exposed to recently, the medications that you're on and the side effects that they may have, the nutrient depletions you have, um, your ability to poop regularly, your the hormones and the hormonal balance going on in your body, um, how much exercise you have, lots of different things just want to interrupt for a second and give you a heads up. I will be taking on new clients in a couple of months time and I have really limited space. If you know that in 2021 you want to see some phenomenal results in your body, in your mind, in your energy, hormones, digestion, belly, waistline, if you know you're sick of going it alone and you've tried a million things and you just know you need some personalized help, some bespoke support, some functional lab testing to finally deal with those issues that have been plaguing you for maybe tens of years, then make sure you get on my wait list. I'll be going to my wait list first and prioritizing them when it comes to taking on new clients. I don't work with that many people at once because we go really deep we do a lot of research. It's a really amazing personalized process so that you get the absolute best results. So if you know you want to work with me privately this year, you know you don't want an online program, you know you don't want to join the Flourish Academy, then head over to keziahall.com forward slash waitlist. keziahall.com forward slash waitlist. You'll find out more about how I work with people. There's a really short form to fill in. You fill that in. And as soon as I am accepting new clients, I will get in touch with you and you will have priority space. I would love to work with you. I constantly see the power of getting one-to-one bespoke, tailored support, and it is completely life-changing. So I would love to work with you if you're ready. Again, keziahall.com forward slash waitlist. Otherwise, let's get back to the show. Because essentially, this HPA axis, this hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, is like your stress response. And what we, what happens with burnout is this stress response just is almost like turned on too often. 
and it's not really meant to be constantly turned on. It's meant to be a bit of a loop. It turns on, you run away from the bear, you calm down from the bear, you close the loop, it calms down. It, but what happens in our culture and with, in my life and with clients' lives is that this system is constantly, it's like a tap that's constantly turned on, but there's a limited supply of water. And eventually over time, it starts to, if, um, your, your ability to deal with these quote unquote threats and stresses diminishes. So the solution is to intentionally tell the body and send messages to the body and to the brain, you know, or one thing to receive messages and intentionally set up messages that tell you you're safe. That's it. Again, high level thing in order to overcome burnout, your body, your mind, your spirit, your soul, your cells need to feel safe. They need to get regular messages through the food you're eating, your environment, the way you're thinking, the, the light you're exposed to, your sleeping, your exercise, your thought patterns, your um, what you're drinking, all need to communicate oh, that I'm safe and that it's okay. It's really simple on the high level of how you do this. Um, and I'm going to dive into some more of the details of the things that I find most commonly work with clients, but everyone is a little bit different. So the first thing you want to do to overcome burnout is ask yourself, why am I burned out? Why do I feel like this? Why is my stress resiliency gone? Why am I awake at night? Why am I exhausted? Whatever your main symptoms are, I want you to look for why and then get, try to get really specific at thinking. Think about it like you're receiving messages all the time. And think about your top um, five messages that you probably received in the last six to 12 months that could have made you feel unsafe or stressed or threatened or overrun or whatever word you want to do use. So that could be you might have moved house last year. You might have lost your job. You might have drank more alcohol. You might have got poor sleep. You might have had a baby. You might have um, just eaten loads of sugar and bread and you know that doesn't make you feel good you might have just really gotten stuck in the trap of watching tons of news and media and feeling panic and going to bed feeling anxious and worried and really anxious going around the shop with your mask on and just you know all that anxiety that can be that could be a message going and so think about you can write down on a bit of paper all the different messages all the different things inputs into your system that could potentially have been making you feel a little bit safe. Maybe you started a new medication last year that you felt like you had side effects from. Maybe you had an operation. Maybe you got um, COVID or another viral infection that made you really sick. And it's so common for any viral infection to obviously make you very sick at the time, but also you can have quite a good couple of weeks or months of recovery of that post-viral fatigue, all of that sort of stuff. Maybe that happened. Maybe you were homeschooling and you were also working from home and that found you found that really stressful. So literally get a bit of paper. It's helpful just to write everything out and then just kind of circle the top three or five things that you think, okay, yeah, that those feel like those are the biggest issues. And then your job is basically, once you know why that's happening, is then to counterbalance that. Because essentially what we want to do here, if we're thinking about the hypothalamus and the pituitary and the adrenal axis working over time, we need to just address that balance that's been 
working too hard. So we now need to swing it the other way in order for you to recover and to feel good. So what are some of the practical things that this looks like? Now, a lot of this depends on what your key symptoms are and also what your key inputs, like threatening, let's call them inputs. So for the example, um, maybe your sleep, uh, you start to drink more alcohol and eat more sugar last year, you notice your sleep got poorer, you were furloughed for several months and that was stressful on your finances and you were your living situation was more stressful because either you had the kids home or your flatmates were all home or whatever. So that, that could be five different things. So what you want to do in order to recover from it is start to intentionally be aware of those things and any of those five inputs, some of those things you might not be able to do that much about and some of them you can. So if your sleep has gotten worse, maybe you need to listen to a couple of my podcasts on sleep hygiene and really focus on rebalancing your sleep and investing in that. You're looking, um, another thing you can look at is um, addressing your sugar and alcohol intake. That would be something you can do something about. You know, you might still be furloughed and maybe you don't have a lot of control over that. So that's fine. But you want to look at your why and then think, okay, is there anything I can do about these? Can I support my sleep better, my diet better? Do I, should I go and get some counseling or therapy? Do I need to go and talk to my doctor? Um, because, you know, this depression is really feeling like it's escalating. Do I need to get more help around the house? Do I need to say no? Like, what are the things that you can do? And then I'm going to go through a list of things that in general, I find really help nourish the body, help the body to feel safe, nourish this HPA axis, this stress response, help bring a bit of balance back to that. Um, and a couple of practical things that I will often do with clients. But it's really important that you create that list first of your personal why, and then address at least one or two things from that. Um, and that might be around diet, it might be around sleep, it might be around toxins in the home. You know, you might suspect you've got mold toxicity, so maybe you need to buy an air purifier. Maybe you um, want to, maybe you got super paranoid last year about germs, so you bought all this toxic bleach stuff that you just filled your house with all those chemicals. Maybe you make that switch to more natural things, okay? And then I'm going to go through a list of things now, just quite quickly, that generally really can help send this message to the body that it's safe, which is really important if you want to recover from this burnout. Your body, your brain, both on a conscious and primarily on an unconscious level, needs to feel like, oh, we're okay. And your body needs to be able to, from a nervous system perspective, um, be able to swing from this sympathetic nervous state, which is like go, 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 fight, flight, freeze response, swing into a parasympathetic nervous state. And throughout the day, you need to be like a pendulum where you swing and you go from each state to each state easily. Now, most of the time when people have gotten to the point of burnout, whatever stage or severity they have, they are primarily stuck. It's almost like this pendulum has gotten stuck in this sympathetic nervous system mode and their brain is always going, they're exhausted, but they can't really seem to relax. They can't really seem to unwind and they're just exhausted all the time. You know, they're just stuck there. And your job for recovery is to intentionally train and teach your body, your cells, your nervous system, your mind to swing back again to that parasympathetic nervous state. And, and of course you'll swing back into sympathetic nervous state. You know, we need both states. The idea is it's like a pendulum. You swing backwards and forwards throughout the day. But the problem with burnout is that you, because of all these messages and all these threats, your body gets stuck essentially in this adrenaline cortisol cycle where you're just creating tons of adrenaline, 
tons of cortisol and that starts to then affect your cells, your digestions, your hormone, your insulin management, your weight, your brain, your thyroid, your mitochondrial function, everything. Okay. So what are some of the hows? What are some of the practical things? Once you've addressed your personal list of why, what are some things that can help? Well, while we're talking about the nervous system, meditation. I talk about this a lot. It's basically free to do. It is incredibly well researched. There are very few risks involved in just basic meditation and it can really help. It's, I talk to clients and say it's a bit like taking your nervous system to the gym. You know, if you're wanting to get build more muscle, you will go to the gym and you will train those muscles. But we don't often train our brain or our nervous system on how to relax and how to be in this parasympathetic nervous state. And meditation, one of the many things it does is is it does that. It's like training for your brain. So meditation is great. There's lots of different flavors and types of it, but just sitting for 10 minutes a day, breathing in, breathing out, focusing on your breath, not focusing on your to-do lists or your future or your past, just focusing on being present. You can focus on your heartbeat, on your breathing in and out. You could focus on gratitude, but just being present. There's lots of lots of resources out there that you can use. So that's a great one. And I would probably say a must, a must do. I know if you are burnt out, it's me telling you to meditate is probably something that you are least inclined to do. You think it's pointless. You'll find it hard. You'll feel like you've done it wrong. It'll feel difficult for you. Do it anyway. I'm not saying it's a cup of tea and a walk in the park. It's like training your brain. It's like going to the gym for the first time. You know how achy you are after you go to the gym and someone makes you do burpees. You're like, oh, I hate you. It's like meditation for your meditation is a similar thing. You'll do it and be like, well, I didn't do that very well. Or that was a waste of time. Or that was unproductive. Or that doesn't help. Still do it. Keep doing it. Make a commitment to yourself. Whatever feels realistic. Ideally every day, but three times a week would also be great. Anything is better than nothing meditation a really great one next your food food the is a is a regular input thing that we put into our body food is a message every bit of food that you eat is a little bundle of messages that goes into your body into your gut into your bloodstream goes to your brain so you want to make sure the food the input that you're having from the food you're eating is as good as it can be so this often means eating regularly. If you're at a point of burnout, you don't want to be doing fasting, intermittent fasting, anything like that. You want to be eating at least three meals a day, eating regularly within a good 12, 13 hour window, meaning you wake up at 7 a.m. and you're eating between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. at night. Not the time to try intermittent fasting. It's a big mistake women make a lot and it often makes everything so much worse. So regular eating, also thinking about the quality of foods that you're eating. So things that often can make the body and especially impact your, this axis, this hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis and promote more cortisol production and adrenaline production are foods like um, caffeine, refined sugars, those kinds of things can really upset that system. So you want to really make sure that you minimize or just reduce your refined sugar intake and ideally caffeine as well. Just experiment with it. I know ditching caffeine for some people is like, oh my gosh, but experiment with it. See how you feel. Try a good month without it. It can really help your liver 
and your adrenals and your adrenaline just to recover and balance it out. Because every time you have a shot of coffee and caffeine, even from tea or even green tea, then you're basically asking your adrenal glands, which produce adrenaline or norepinephrine, if you're American listening to this, then produces and your cortisol, you're asking it to work even harder. And it, the whole point of burnout is that it's been working really hard and it needs a break. So really being mindful of your sugar and caffeine intake and focusing on nutrient dense things, things like protein, healthy proteins, making sure, sure every meal, I often say this to my clients, every meal in the day, I want you to ask, where's the protein? And especially when you're recovering from burnout, this is really helpful, especially if you feel like you've gained weight or that you're constantly hungry or starving in the afternoon or craving sugar all the time. Where's the protein? Every meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, where's the protein? Really, really simple, really helpful. Okay, so eating regular meals, asking where's the protein in each meal and being mindful of your sugar and caffeine intake can be really, really helpful. Okay, because every bit of food you eat is an input to the body. It's a message. And we want all we want to be intentional about the message your body is getting and that we can give your body as many nourishing, kind, safe messages as possible. Okay? We don't want to be feeding the body with things that cause inflammation or problems. Also, this is when if you know you have a food intolerance, this is the time when you probably want to pull back from that. So you're like, oh, I really don't do that well with dairy. Okay, that means that can um, promote inflammation in your body, that, this is the time when you probably want to be a bit stricter around any food intolerances that you suspect. Okay, so we have food. Then we have exercise. Just like with intermittent fasting, now is not the time to be doing your intense spin classes, HIT classes, MetaFit, or intense exercise. When you're recovering from burnout, you want to you do want to exercise because it's great for you, but you do not want to do any exercise where you push through. You want to be doing moderate exercises and ideally exercise that doesn't raise your adrenaline and cortisol because most exercise like a spin class, if you're on a Peloton bike, if you do hit, if you go for a intense run, um, like a 10k and you're trying to get your personal best, you're going to be spiking your cortisol and your adrenaline again. And again, when we come back to this HPA axis, obviously it's the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland in the brain that then sends signal to the adrenal glands to produce cortisol and adrenaline. And that system is tired out and has been overworking. So if you are trying to recover from burnout with also a really intense exercise regime, you're going to really struggle because exercise is just asking your adrenals to keep on working harder and is just another input to the brain of go, go, go. We need to respond biochemically to this with more adrenaline and cortisol. So really changing up your exercise routine can be helpful. Um, doing less um, I had a client who was really active, kind of very athletic, not a professional athlete, but did a lot of hockey, weights, those kinds of things. And she had to cut down to just just doing weights, um, no running, no other cardio, just some half of her normal weight that she would lift twice a week at best and really rest the rest of the time. And then on other days, got her to go for a walk. And then she had a lot of resistance about doing that, like a lot of resistance. If you like exercising, you'll be like, no, Kezi, it doesn't make a difference. It really does. So you, now is the time to spend at least like a month, two months of just walking, maybe doing gentle yoga, not power yoga, gentle Pilates, not intense Pilates. You might, you might be okay with a really gentle jog depending, but you've got to see what is spiking your cortisol levels 
because you want to move in a way that is mindful and calming and almost relaxing. And that's why often yoga can be helpful because you're building muscle, you're stretching, but it often yoga doesn't get you into that sympathetic nervous state. It often gets you into that parasympathetic nervous state. Things like Tai Chi can also be great. Slow swimming. Basically, you want to move your body, but in ways that are not intense. And where you're not going, yes, I'm at 80% capacity. You just want to move your body in a way that feels mindful and calming. Okay? So exercise, really, really, really important. Also, another thing in terms of what you might want to look at is getting some therapy and some counseling. Last year or the last two years or the last three years might have been really traumatic and crazy for you. You might have had a lot of crap happen And you just need someone who is trained in the landscape of your brain to help you walk that through and to listen. So big fan of therapy. I think all of us should go to therapy throughout our lives. Um, And it's your brain. You know, if you're looking at burnout, it's because your brain is not functioning in the way it could be. And so it makes total sense to get a brain expert to help you. (laughs) Like It's just logical. (laughs) I don't know why we have make a big deal out of it just you you want someone that knows about this and so want to bring balance back to your brain so that is worth noting as well and now in terms of um nutrients um as well there's a couple of things you really want to look at so vitamin c is really important for adrenal function also when we're looking at the kind of the stress response and the role and also the role of things like dopamine and all of that sort of stuff, magnesium plays a big role, zinc plays a big role, vitamin B6 plays a big role. Um, so those are some of the, the vitamins that I um, really look at when it comes to stress um, response. Uh, so those could be things that you would look at. Again, you kind of depending on your body you would and what's going on with your body and your medications, you would want to personalize that for you. But those are some nutrients I'll always look at replenishing with clients when I'm working with them. Another thing is sleep. Really, you want to focus on sleep. So important. I would say it's probably difficult to recover from burnout if you are not sleeping. So you need to do whatever it takes for you to sleep. Even if that means temporarily taking medication and chatting to your doctor, there's no shame in that. It's important that you sleep. But first of all, listening to some podcasts on my on sleep hygiene that I'll link to in the show notes, um, making sure your room is dark, you're not eating before bed, you're using, you're filtering out all the blue light, you are having a wind down routine. All of these things play a huge role. Bouncing your blood sugar throughout the day actually plays a big role in your sleep at night. But you really need to, if you do one thing, if you want to do one thing to help you recover from burnout, focusing on sleep and probably reducing exercise would be awesome to do. So awesome. So sleep is really, really important. And then just looking at your calendar and thinking for the next two to three months, you just need to kind of get on the no train a little bit more. Um, and have better boundaries or just tighten up your boundaries a little bit. You want to make space for things that bring you joy and for people that bring you joy. So you don't want to just isolate yourself. You, But in general, you want to make sure, have a look at your calendar and go, okay, what can I say no to? What can I press pause on? What can I give myself a break on? And give yourself a good two to three months where almost in the back of your head, you've kind of scheduled it as recovering from burnout. Really, really helpful. Or a month or whatever is it, depending on the severity of it. Often this kind of thing takes longer than you think. (laughs) Um, But I really recommend just looking at your life. You know, are you trying to 
work a million hours, be the perfect housewife, be the wonderful friend and daughter and sister, and look after your kids' education, make all your food from scratch, grow your allotment, and renovate a house. Like, that is just way too much. (laughs) Way too much for any person to do. You need to get ruthless around your schedule because your schedule is probably part of what's led to burnout. Let's be honest. Doing too much, not having enough time to just sit and have a bath and breathe, not having enough time to declutter and organize because when your house is decluttered and organized, you just feel so much nicer. You know, all of that stuff comes down to sometimes just our practical practical (laughs) the practical reality of our calendars and our schedules and what we say yes to so that's really important one so those are a couple of practical hows there's loads of other things you can do with clients you can use things like medicinal mushrooms or adaptogens and herbs and um lots of other things salt intake potassium i love to run labs with my my clients um and look at what their cortisol is actually doing because you know this hpa access you have your hypothalamus which sends a signal to pituitary which sends a signal to your adrenals and your adrenals will then make cortisol and adrenaline so i love to test my clients cortisol levels to find out how much cortisol are they making what are they doing with the cortisol that they make and how is it affecting the other hormones in the body well it's a good time to end the podcast like someone's just started sawing something outside um so i love to run labs there's loads of other things you can do but these if you can just implement some of the what i've talked about of what figuring out your why what has led to burnout and then implementing a couple of those practical how to's that can might be all you need okay because you deserve to feel good it's really important that you listen to your body your body is not an infinite resource of everything it needs the cycles and seasons. It needs productivity and it can handle stress, but then it needs to recover. You know, it's it's really, really important. And I'll also link to, there's a great podcast that Brenny Brown did on burnout. There's a book called Burnout, which is great. Highly recommend it. Um, and I'll link to that podcast too, because that comes at it, that explains it from a slightly different angle and talks a little bit about closing this loop. Um, and that's a great resource as well. So I'll link to that in the show notes. Otherwise, I hope this is helpful. If you have any questions, let me know. Otherwise, send me lots of love. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you haven't left a review, please head to iTunes and leave a review and share this with one of your friends. The more people that hear about this, the more and more women that can grow and become as healthy as they can be. And if you want to get some support, accountability, access to the extra masterclasses, and just really feel like you're getting coaching from me over the next couple of weeks, make sure you join me in the Well Woman Coaching Community. You can join at keziahall.com forward slash free group. So that's keziahall.com forward slash free group all one word, all together. And I would love to see you in that group, get to know you, give you some help, encourage you, help hold you accountable, because I know that you get to feel good and you deserve to feel good. And when you get well, when you heal, when you get energized, when you become the most radiant and confident and energized energized version of you, everybody benefits, okay? So come and join me in the group, otherwise sending you so much love. Bye.